You're listening to Blue Yonder with your hosts, Jim Jones, Peter Streets, and introducing Aaron Hubbard. Welcome to this week's episode of Blue Yonder. I think I think we are on episode fifty-five. Is that correct, Peter? Uh, you know, I should probably know that, but I think this is. Uh, are we counting your special interview cast? With no, those are those are special. I just looked it up. It's fifty-five. Fifty-five. I can't cast fifty-five. Yeah. Okay, that's kind of lame. Oh, that was dumb. The person who just assaulted your eardrums is I, Aaron Hubbard, and my casting partner tonight I is M, the illustrious Peter Street. Uh, our friend Jim Jones cannot be with us because, as is his post-convention custom, his fo- his post-expo custom, he has been waylaid by the plague. Yes. So listeners may notice a sharp decrease in audio quality. Maybe not. Um, but we're not at the Bald Tower this evening. Yes, the the Bald Tower has been closed off by the CDC, apparently. Yes, it was too awesome. It was our dark citadel of awesomeness, and it is now closed for for reconstruction. So, just us. Um, two guys, one mic, once again. Two guys, one mic. On Skype, we're doing old, kicking old school. Yeah. All the fancy audio quality. Things. We've turned off the targeting computers. I'm t- totally nude. <laughs> well, still got a, still got the got the Home Depot bucket back out. Yep, taking Sweet. shits and just uh, interrupting a WoW uh, binging that I've been playing a lot of WoW today. So. Sweet. So uh, made mention of Jim and I, Jim and I, uh, getting back from the PAX East 2011. Yes, that uh, he's successfully infused you with that little meme, hasn't he? The Gemini? Yeah, I, I cannot. I cannot say Gemini without immediately thinking Gemini. You were so averse to that, and now you're you're perpetuating it. It's a brain bug. You're part of the problem, Aaron. You know, it's burrowed down. It's burrowed down, wrapped itself around my cerebral cortex. I've been made highly susceptible to suggestion, and that's what happens. <laughs> and pronunciation. And yeah. yeah, it also it affects the pronunciation center of the brain. Sure. The frontal lobe. <laughs> I think I've always had a brain bug. That's the case. And Jim likes to get deep inside of you. That's for sure. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's what the ladies say. So all right. Uh, well, Pax East, man. I'm I'm so jealous. Like I've I did nothing but get addicted to Twitter over the weekend <laughs> because I fucking couldn't be there, and I actually had to work extra hard this last weekend. I was doing projects for my job and I was going out to work sites and working oh, at office and all this hardcore extra labor and getting overtime and like oh it was it was I must say I have to I have to come clean and confess I was very jealous. <laughs> Sounds very like jealous. It. 
everybody's having like the time of their life and I'm following posts from, you know, Gabe and Tycho and Will Wheaton and it just, I don't know, it just sounded like an amazing time following you guys on Twitter and listening to Steve Jackson interviews. It just made, whetted my appetite for something I knew I wasn't going to be able to feast on. I was really jealous. Well, the only thing for it is you're going to have to go to Seattle. That's all, all there is to it. Yep, there's no choice. I'm saving my pennies now. All that overtime money is spent, pretty much. I've people, got to go. People say that uh, the PAX Prime is still the best pe- best PAX. I don't know. I think PAX East brought it this year. I heard it was a new facility, too. This facility was ginormous. It's bigger than the convention center back in Seattle. It might be even bigger than the Indianapolis Convention Center. So you know how big how big that is. Yeah, I'm pretty proud of its uh, largeness. It's just cavernous. So wow. I, mean, I don't know. That's a, that's a bald statement to make. I don't think it's bigger than if you consider the the convention center complex that include all the attached hotels. Mm-hmm. No, it's probably not bigger than that. But it is, you know, bigger than like the main area. That you know, it's just it's just it's just massive. So the problem of size that me and Jim bitched about last year has mm-hmm. been 100 percent solved. That's good news. So PAX East, I also heard a tidbit. Somebody tweeted that it had like almost 80,000 people there, like 79,000 or something ridiculous. It did set a record. I, I, it's now I the it biggest was... gaming convention in the United States. Yeah, I think it hit 69,000. 69? I thought it is... eclipsed 70, maybe not. May, 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 uh, that was just the day. I was like, I, I heard that Sunday that they had, and, and you know, that's gay. I don't know if that's real attendance, gate attendance. I mean, our erstwhile uh, competitors slash companions of personal arrogance were issued media passes, if you can believe that. Yeah, I heard that. And heard that. Uh, their their media passes were numbered like in the 67,000 range. And like Gemini's badge had 38,000, 36,000. So I would say that they actually issued that many badges. Ridiculous. So. Where's, uh, where do you get? We need to get together with them because we need the pre- press badge treatment. Oh, well, I'm that next time. I'm going to do it. The only thing, here's the thing. The only thing that, the only, the only reason I didn't get it this year is because there's always been a stigma about media at PAX because PAX isn't for the media, it's for the gamers. And Jerry and Tycho have always, like, you know, talked about how they disrespect the media and they don't get special treatment and they don't get cut in line. Turns out that's bullshit. I mean, that might be the <laughs> official policy, but in the real world, the people that paid tens of thousands of dollars to display their shit there want media people because okay you go there as a gamer you're one set of ears and your one set of mouth is going to be talking about it even Mm -hmm. even us okay we've got you know tens of people listening (laughs) (laughs) our one set of ears and mouth reaches those people so you know they want to get these media guys through to see their stuff it only makes sense i just don't want to see it degenerate into like what e3 became yeah and i hope I hope that doesn't happen. That was a lively topic of debate. Uh, we actually recorded a joint cast at PAX with our friend from, from uh, Personal Arrogance. If that audio was usable because they were using some new equipment, I don't know. I hope it was because we had a lot of good good discussion and, and, and talk about, you know, because they, they've been there since the second PAX ever when there was like ten, not even 10,000 people there. Wow. And they've seen it grow bigger and bigger and bigger. And they are concerned about the expo hall becoming the main focus. The expo hall originally wasn't, was just a sideshow. 
right. now it's like the main ever you know there's all you know like i stood in line for two hours to play duke nukem yeah. i don't i don't think that was time well spent right so, unless you unless you you know meet some people in line or yeah and it was you know i had a buddy to stand there had uh, had had kinds with me but I got to say that if all I did was the expo hall and stood in line to see Portal and all that kind of stuff, I would have left a very sad, sad gamer. Right. So, anyway. Well, I guess let's, I mean, delve into your personal experience. What was, uh, was this your personal best? Uh, yes, without a doubt. It had the most memories. Uh, I got to meet the most amount of people. I got to play the most amount of games. I had the most amount of fun. You and Jim were going to take different roads. It seems like uh, you're we always do. <laughs> yeah, was that uh, no different this time? Well, I think Jim took the bald move of getting pissed drunk on Thursday during a poker crawl. Yes. And as a result, he was waylaid in he he, he was waylaid in bed all of Friday. He <laughs> missed every bit of Friday. He only showed up to the concert. And he did not have the strength to muscle into the front of the crowd to hear the protoman. He stood and laid on and, and on the floor at the side of the auditorium to listen to the to the uh, uh, to the protoman rock. See, that's a mistake I could easily see myself falling into because I don't know. I'm a bit of an alcoholic, and like <laughs> yes, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as I sit around here with my empty beer bottles and my nudity. <laughs> but, like, I would be so excited just to be there with like-minded people, and you're going out with this whole pokey crawl business. Right. Like, I like Pokemon myself. I would probably be dressed up as a Pokemon and start, you know, buying shots and just having a good pre-party that would almost ruin the real party, because yeah. I would probably party too hard. Right. Uh, now, one saving grace might be the fact that my frame is not that of Jim's. That's true. So, I mean, every single time, you can vouch for me, every single time we've gone out drinking with Jim of any kind of quantity, he has got sick. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like his birthday party in Chicago, he was puking in every flower bed from the bar to his apartment. <laughs> uh, I was trying to think where else. Like, So, so Pokey Crawl, uh, he got, dude, he was buying shots for everybody. Uh, his bar tab was. Uh, we all took turns buying shots. So like on on Thursday night he bought, uh, on Saturday night I bought, on Friday night the personal arrogance guys bought. Our combined bar tab for the weekend was probably in excess of five hundred dollars. Damn. And I did the trick where when you when when here here's a here's a, here's a man trick. Okay. Right. When you hand the bartender your credit card and say I want to open a tab, slip him a twenty dollar bill on top. This Ooh. will do two things. Number one. When you go to the bar, you don't have to wait in line for all the other schmucks that are trying to get drinks. No, the bartender locks eyes with you, the man who's already pre-tipped him twenty dollars, and right. you get you get primo service. Second, I did not know this, but that I've done it now three or four times. Uh, when you do that, they do some creative bookkeeping. Oh, Jim, really? Jim had to have drank between all of us two hundred fifty dollars with alcohol. He only got charged like a buck seventeen, like one hundred seventeen dollars. Um, I did not get to do that trick at the one bar. I got charged two hundred and five dollars last night at the Protoman concert that I went to in Cincinnati. I did the trick. I probably drank seventy bucks worth of alcohol. I got charged twenty one dollars. <laughs> so grease the bar keeps palm, people. That's the way you do it. It's great advice. But yeah, we we Definitely probably 
we probably ran up a six hundred dollar bar tab over the course of three nights. God, money well spent. Yes. <laughs> so that was that sounds like a blast. Yep. How did you manage the first day? Did you have any no, adverse I, effects? Well, see, I woke up and I wanted to get there to see the um, first. I want to get to see the keynote, and I wanted to see the. Uh, uh, first Q&A with Gabe and Tycho. So I got there bright and early. Uh, Kynes and I were on the scene at about 8 o'clock. Right. So I was, it was feeling rough because we got to bed about 3 o'clock. I had had a not inconsiderable amount to drink, but I got downstairs, had a fresh waffle, had some apple juice, and I was out the door. Uh, keynote did address. Did you fax it to Jim? <laughs> the apple juice? <laughs> no, I did not. Oh, okay. I did not fax the apple juice to him. Oh. Uh, <laughs> five apple juices. <laughs> Um, that is an inside joke that you're going to have to hit the forums to, f- to find out about people or, or follow Facebook. We post it on there. Indeed. Um, so the key- keynote address was really good. Jane McGonigal of I Love Bees fame. Everybody's uh, making that fucking joke about her not being the wizard from fucking Harry Potter. <laughs> well, it is. Yeah, McGonagall's a funny and Now name. I mentioned it. Uh but she did a good job about, you know, basically blowing sunshine up her asses about how gamers can change the future and all that. Yes. I don't know if I buy her thesis, but she did a good job presenting and it was fun and entertaining. Uh, I'm going to throw it out there out Will Wheaton, Will Wheaton. Oh, I, I enjoyed hers on balance more than Will's. Oh my God. Why? I, I will say this. Like I couldn't get enough information over the weekend from PAX. Right. Cause I, I was like a blood starved vampire. Right. And I really wanted to be there, so I I, I uh, watched that keynote on YouTube, uh-huh. and I was like, I, at first I had some laughs, and she's very, uh, she started out by getting the crowd involved by having them do a Wilhelm scream, not a Wilhelm scream, but a you know a Fiora Fiora yeah. or something like right. that. Right, right. I can see that she was playing to the audience, and it would have been fun if I was there, probably. And she had funny pictures. Of, a nice, you know, presentation or PowerPoint or something. She did. And it seemed like it was pretty well thought out, well put together, and she knew what she was talking about. But I watched immediately after that last year's Will Wheaton keynote, and uh-huh. it blew my balls off once again. And I was, I, because I, I heard you mention this, you alluded to this um, during the uh, special PAX cast uh, with your Steve Jackson interview. Uh-huh. And I was thinking, you know, I really want to compare, and I thought Will Wheaton's was way better overall. Um, I would say that he was. What did you per- like better about it? I guess. Yeah, I mean, like Will's was more personal, and I kind of touched the gamer side, but I thought hers was more had actual information that the content that she was trying to get across. Um, it, I thought it was more entertaining in a just you know overtly she's a better public speaker kind of way. Uh, did you see the part where she actually had us get up and play the largest MMO version of thumb wrestling? No, I think it cut out bits, and I think that was one of the bits I, I missed. So that was really cool. She had everybody stand up, and we set the Guinness record for largest massively multiplayer version of thumb wrestling. So Can you everyone, tell me how that worked? All right, so like you know, thumb wrestling, you grab each other's hand and you thumb wrestle. Uh-huh. Well, imagine that, except for like five people are in the same hand grouping. And then your other hand is stretched out, joined to two or three more people, and everybody is interlinked. <laughs> the whole room is interlinked in an unbroken chain of thumb wrestling. I bet Will Wheaton would not have participated in that. Well, there was a lot of, oh, my God, no, you can't have us touching hands nonsense. And uh, people, 
here's the thing. You're going to get sick at a convention. There's, mm. there's, there's four days, people touching, people not bathing, people coughing. Right. I, I mean, you can, you can lube up with as much, uh, Perel as you want, Curel, whatever. And it's not, I mean, people still get sick. Right. So, uh, you know, people get sick. You get Might better. Might as well accept that fact and have fun is what you're saying. Right. I mean, it sucks that one year they actually had swine flu and people got really, really, really sick. But, mm. you know, I mean, I've, I've, I've got a pretty good batting average. I've only gotten sick on one con. Jim has had really, really bad luck, but, you know, whatever. You look like you escaped this one unscathed so far, right? Yeah, pretty much. Hmm. So, um, so, so Friday was cool, but I was really nervous throughout the last half of the, um, uh, keynote and I had to bail early on the, Q&A with Gabe and Tycho because I had to hustle down to Steve Jackson and interview him, which, of course, uh, hopefully everybody's heard on the special PAX cast that we released on Saturday night. Yep, I sucked uh, that up. That was fun. That was pretty good. Um, so after that, I kind of uh, hit the expo floor with Ian. Uh, we played. We, we then just stumbled upon the tabletop gamer area, which was huge. It was like three football fields in size. And he sat down and showed me how to play this game called Carcassonne, which is oh. this t- tile-based kind of strategy game uh, out of Germany. Really fun. Um, this is going to be a theme. I played lots of board games this weekend. Um, <laughs> we hooked up with the, the Personal Arrogance guys and had a beer with them and uh, tried to persuade them to go to the Proto Man concert, and they weren't by them. Oh, so, really? yeah, they're... Uh, uh, I think they wanted to go out drinking. So we actually did, uh, after the concert, we met them for drinks and had a couple of drinks at a tequila bar with them. Um, did you successfully lace their drink with iocane powder like we discussed? <laughs> it turns out they've they spent years of developing an immunity. Oh, son so, of a bitch. I know. They're, they're worthy. They're wily adversaries. Ah, we'll get them next time. Um, so I kind of scoped out the Expo 4 and decided what I want to do for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I decided I want to see Duke, I want to see Portal, and I want to see this game called Child of Eden. So you kind of went away from that board game. I thought you were going to be like hardcore board games. Oh, I did. This, the but these are the time. only these are only things I decided I gave two shits after walking the floor uh, uh, that I wanted to personally see because you know. And then I heard that Portal was not even a demo; it was just video, and I scratched it off my list. So I actually only stand, stood in line for Duke Nukem and Child of Eden. Yeah, that's what I, I just, uh, before we were started recording here, listened to the latest Personal Arrogance podcast from PAX, and they discussed how um, since they had press badges, they got the cuts. You know, they got to be ushered right in, but that it was just a, a video demo yep. of the game. It wasn't actually playable. Which yep. So if I, stood in line for two and a half, if I stood in line for two and a half hours, I might have killed somebody for that. Yeah, that's but, inexcusable. I did stand in line for Duke because I was a big Duke fan back in the day, and I was like, I'm just kind of in disbelief that Gearbox was able to, in a matter of months, get this product turned around. I now know why. They've taken shitty models and shitty texture and shitty game design and just shoveled it as fast as they could into a game playable state. (laughs) This game is looking awful. Really? It is. Oh, I mean, no. They might be able to fix some of this stuff, but the gameplay felt so stale. Oh, literally, man. literally like they just made a new engine and upgraded graphics for Duke Nukem 3D. Um, but I well, mean, it, can that it be was that funny. bad of a thing? I it mean, was. It was funny. 
The game was funny. It was amusing. But I don't know if it'll be amusing to play for 20 hours. And the multiplayer, I mean, the controls felt like... Now, I did play it on Xbox. Oh, your problem. I mean, the controls did kind of just, in general, feel like crap. But if they want this to be a hit on a console, they need to get that stuff refined because it was not pretty. And the textures were muddy. And, like, I felt when I was using the zoom on the sniper scope, it couldn't decide which... To show, like, like it tricked it and sh- it was showing me crappy res textures instead of the high res textures. Oh, and really? stuff was like snapping in and out of focus. It was just, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't oh, mean, well. I mean, I'm buying it anyway. I'll just chalk that up to, to the uh, retarded dual analog controls because, you know. I'm going to wait until I see the reviews. I'm, I'm predicting reviews in the mid 60s. Son of a bitch! I hope I think not. it's going to be that kind of game, and I, I, you know, I feel sorry, but yeah, that's that was my honest opinion of it. Just the fact that it was released is pretty awesome, though. Oh I yeah, felt that it will be released in theory. Right. I mean, and I wanted it to be amazing. I but. hope it is. I, I hope that was just. Uh, I don't know. When's it coming out? It's coming out soon. Yeah, I think like Mayish. I want to say. Yeah. Um, I hope the control issues were just you know. Hope mouse and keyboard is a lot more tweakable. Well, it'll have to be. It'll have to be. But even yeah. Ian, who's more of a console like Xbox gamer than I, was saying that the controls were kind of miserable. Yeah. Honestly, the, the demo was like 20 minutes long, and I kind of wanted to stop playing it early. But I'm like, I waited two and a half hours to play this game. I'm not going to bail early. I'm going to try to... And I actually beat the segment of the demo that that I, that, that uh, they, they gave you. So, like, I saw everything they had to see, and I just, uh, there was nothing new from a weapon standpoint. Uh, the shrink ray was kind of uh, amusing. Uh, Duke's one-liners about everything were pretty amusing. Did you get the pee in the toilet? I got the pee in the toilet. How does that work as gameplay? You step up to the toilet, you hit the X button, he starts peeing. You <laughs> cannot aim the pee stream. I thought that would be cool, but you can't yeah. do that. You can't. Aww. You can look around, but it's not like you can see Duke's junk or anything else. So I thought there was, should be like some motion tie-in where you can jiggle his mind <laughs> with the uh, connector. Well, no, and they <laughs> they blurkled it on all the videos I've seen, which kind of implied that maybe his yanger was out or something. But no, right. um, it was just a pee stream. No, little Duke was uh, safely off camera. Wow. It was just a pee stream, but uh, <laughs> little Nukem. Yeah, and in the beginning of the demo, it's like, okay, you're playing. Is it the part that we've seen? Let me ask you this, because I've I've seen enough of it to know that you like open up on like the last boss, Duke Nukem 3D, and then it pans away, and he's just playing in his ginormous house slash mansion. Two right. girls are giving him a blowjob. Yes, that is true. <laughs> and, That's hilarious. Yeah, they, and, and and they said, well, D- Duke, was the game any good? And he goes, yeah, but after 12 years, it damn well better be. Damn well better be you know, so, yeah, uh, they're kind of poking a little bit of fun at themselves. And, you know, like I said, there was some interesting things, but by and large, I was disappointed. It's... Um, Last game I'm going to talk about video-wise, because, uh, you know, you, if you want to know about L.A. Noir and how awesome it is, go, you know, read any preview or see some other packs coverage. If you want to know uh, whether Knights of the Old, Old Republic uh, MMO sucks, you can see, and it does, you can see that oh, somewhere else. You. 
I will talk about I will talk about 3ds, but I want to save that till after we talk, get to talk about packs. Yeah, that's, that's what I was about to ask you about, but I know you've uh, you've got some things to say. So. I've got some responses to our own. <laughs> I got some listener feedback from last week's uh, episode with uh, that in mind. So um, anyway, uh, so Duke Nukem was a bomb. Child Child of Eden. Have you heard about this? I don't even know a game. thing about it. No, no thing about it. So it's a Kinect game, and it's basically like a really trippy. Like shooter, outer space shooter with like these crazy backgrounds and these crazy enemies coming at you, but you like you aim like Iron Man style, like you hold out a hand, you hold out a hand palm open, and you kind of rotate, and as you rotate, it locks on to the one you're pointing at, and once you get a lock, you like thrust your arm forward, and it sends a bolt and destroys it. Wow! And you can steer with your hands too, and it, it felt you felt bad, you felt like Iron Man. Like, How? Uh... Is it actually an Iron Man property? Or no, just... it's not an Iron Man property. It's called Child of Eden. It's Child like, of Eden. It okay. plays like this really ambient trance type music as you're playing it, and um, the graphics. How responsive are the controls? Extremely. Huh. Like you look over here and you you put your arm over on the screen where the enemy is at, and you kind of time to rotate and it'll lock on, and you just. Like gesture your arm forward and it sends out a bolt on screen and destroys it. It feels really cool. Oh. Well, that so, may have some merit to it. So thus far, I've not been that impressed with the Connect. Also, the what is that dance dance game they've got? Uh, don't ask me, man. I'm not into. I, I forget Last what dance it's, game it's, I was into was DDR hardcore. It's, it's well, you you need to not sleep on the Connect because, buddy, they had a stage play in that. It was packed morning, noon, and night with people, really? and crowds were watching. It is a part, like, me and Jim are like, next Halloween, fuck Rock Band. This is our game. Yeah. Because people were just having a lot of fun playing it. And the fidelity of the controls, I was watching these people. It was really amazing. They were doing full dance moves, legs, hands, you know, legs, arms, body, and head, and the system was tracking along perfectly. Now, this is multiple people, the system's tracking? Well, the way it does is um, it only tracks one person, but there's mm-hmm. certain um, uh, there's certain parts in the game where background dancers can, up, up to two background dancers can jump in to do, like, bonus. Mm-hmm. And it'll track those three people. It'll track three people at once. So motion gaming is uh, sounding pretty strong. So you had a... So Duke Nukem was a surprise of, uh, well, not really, I guess, but a disappointment. You skipped Portal because it was, Portal 2 is what I would have looked at, but I would have probably waited in line and been disappointed because I couldn't play it. It comes out next month and you can't play the damn thing. Yeah, that's, that's, I'm I'm wondering if it'll be delayed. Maybe. Because I heard, I was going to stand in line, but then I heard it's just, it's just video. Which is still kind of cool, but not for two hours. Maybe oh. if you had a maybe if you had a press badge and you could skip the line. Yeah. So next but, year, I'm I'm yes. definitely. So next year, I'm going to buy a PAX badge so I can walk around as a gamer. But I'm definitely going to get a media pass if they'll issue one to me because you can't deny the benefit of getting into the expo hall an hour early. It kind of reminds me of when you always had the had like a friend and you go to Kings Island and they would be in a wheelchair and I, all of their entourage could skip story. the line. I told that story on on the uh, personal arrogance cast. It's like because he said um, they called it the cheater hour because yeah. they're like you know we're trying to run a professional cast, but there's guys that were clearly just 
Flop just you know, taking advantage of it. What are the credentials that you have to have to get the pass? Well, there's a couple, a couple are more legit. Like Gen Con's a little bit more stringent. Um, unfortunately, um, E3 is impossible. You have to have um, you have to have 500 listeners for every person you send wow. per month for them to issue you press credentials. But at Penny Arcade Expo, all you need is business cards. Really? I shit you not. So you could go to you know Staples and. Get some card stock and print out some business cards and get in. Yeah, apparently press so. at packs. That's gonna change. I'm sure That's they'll have to. Change. I'm sure they'll have to. But they're just not big enough for it to to to, to them to need to change as of yet. Yeah. So what if you could hand them a fake ID and stuff, like just any business card? Because I have a number of them in my wallet. What if I just pull out like a a car towing service business card? <laughs> I don't think <laughs> Am that I would press. Am I in? <laughs> I think they would have to, yeah, it'd have to be some kind of gaming-related. Hand them a magic card? <laughs> oh. All right, well. So. Um, so the rest of the time I spent in tabletop, um, I did not go to any concerts on Saturday because I've seen them all. I did see the last 30 minutes of Joko's concert, which is good. Um, I Here's my question to you. Are you going to be buying any... New tabletop games or card games that you tried out? I already did. I bought Carcassonne. I bought Carcassonne. Oh, you did? You went out and, and bought it. And I want to buy Arkham Horror, and I want to buy either Settlers of Catan or probably Puerto Rico, because there's a lot of people that we know that have Settlers. Yes. And um, the guys from Personal Arrogance basically said Puerto Rico is the game to have, because it's like Settlers of Catan, only more complicated. I enjoyed Arkham Horror the one time I actually got to play that. Oh, it was amazing. And we actually beat... The game has so many reversals. Like, we thought we were kicking the game's ass, and then the the game heard us talking shit about it, and it (laughs) came back and rocked us a few times, and it it ended up that we kind of, like, won by the skin of our teeth. That's that's how it should be, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. The game is brutally unfair. Mm -hmm. Most of the board games I've played lately have that... Uh, kind of ridiculously against all odds feel to it, kind of like uh, was the uh, epi- or pandemic and right, uh, right. Castle uh, Ravenloft. Ravenloft. I would like to play that too. Yeah. Um, Ravenloft though has some modes where you can actually play. It's kind of like an uh, easy mode where if you're new to the game, you can play adventures that are not very hard, but then it ramps up at the end game. The one game I think I want to try to get you into is this game called Dominion, which is kind of like Magic the Gathering without the collectible bullshit. Right. And I've played that before, too. You and have? What did you think it, of it? I enjoyed it, but I, I guess I didn't play it enough. Like, I was at this party where there was drinking and yeah. like movie watching and a bunch of other distractions. Right. So I went for the sugar and didn't really get that into it, but I've played it twice now. It seems like it has a lot of depth to it. So it's a it's a it's a card game and it's mm-hmm. and and so you've got this pool of like I don't know 25 30 different card types and at the beginning of each game you take there's there's a special deck that has one copy of each card and you shuffle it up and you deal 10 cards ran uh, um, off the top face down you turn them up those 10 card types are the only cards you can play all the other cards get shoved back into the box huh. and you don't, you get, um, I think you get like four gold and three 
uh, uh, types of one card at random to start with, and then everything else you basically have to buy. You have to buy, and like each card has a cost to it. So you build your deck. You start off with seven cards, and you build your deck one card at a time. Mm. You buy, you buy that card goes into your discard pile, and then you play, and then you, uh, I forget what the other mechanic is. So you do like actions, then you do buying, and then you do your cleanup step. And each de- each time you have one more card that you shuffle in. And you end up building a deck that's got 50, 60 cards. It's like magic. But it's a different game every time because you've got a completely different pool of cards that build the decks. Um, and each one suggests a slightly different type of strategy. And like the first time I played, uh, Kynes beat me. But I'm like, ah, oh, I see the strategy here. Now I know what I'm going to do. He goes, whoa, 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 whoa. Now we reshuffle and we get completely new decks. I'm like, dang. <laughs> so you have to really, I mean. That's kind of the sensation I got when I played it was that. If there is strategy, it's it's going to take a while to really cue in on it because yeah. of that randomness to it. Yeah, it you seems have to like have a very a, fast game. Oh yeah, I mean, I get I got the feeling there's probably thirty or forty different strategies you could employ depending on which cards are in what deck and you know that all that kind of how much gold you end up getting in the beginning and all that stuff. So I think cool. one of the reasons I didn't really dig it was because. I detected that early on, and this was like a one-time party at this house. Right. So it was. I didn't walk away interested because I knew if I had to be into that, I'd really have to invest. Because I like to perform well. Well, I always said that I would be in the Magic: The Gathering, and up until they rotated one of my sets out, and I just realized I wasted all that money. And uh, <laughs> yeah, when when the new block came out, what's it called now? Uh, I haven't played Magic in like a year now. So I, I haven't either. Out. So, because what happened is, as soon as my because I came in at the start of the Alara about block, uh-huh. um, when as soon as Alara rotated out and I realized all my decks that I built were worthless, I'm like, you know what? Fuck this. Yeah, it kind of sucks. And uh, I I played more after that with Zendikar. After that, I actually played more Magic than I've ever played in my whole life. Well, I played a lot of Zendikar too because they didn't rotate out yet. It was when right. the new one came in, which is oh, Shard is a Mirrodin deck. Yes, yes, that's right. So Scars of Mirrodin. I think I'm done with them now. But Dominion has a path forward. It's the same kind of fun mechanic. Only, you know, you don't have to worry about. It. You can buy expansions to it, but they add new card types and all that. But you don't lose your any of your previous investment. I'd be willing to give it a try if I knew that I had a crowd. Like if you and Jim. Yeah. We could play multiple times, and I could really get into. And it's it's only forty five bucks, which is basically the cost of a full round of drafting three players. Are there expansions to it? Yep, the expansions are about thirty bucks a piece. So, like, once you get the main set, you get bored with that, throw in a couple expansions, you're right back in it. My big question was going to be something that it sounds like you didn't even give two shits about, which was uh, Old Republic. I would have probably went right to Duke Nukem, Old Republic, Portal 2, and, of course, the 3DS. Yeah. Well, you want to talk about the 3D? Because uh, I kind of... Not really. I, 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 I really wanted to ask you first about your encounter with Tycho. Okay. Because you, so, uh, you, as I understand, in brief, you got one of our uh, decks of our game, our card game, The Society... Yep. into Tycho's hands in front of uh, thousands of gamers. Is this true? <laughs> yes, it's actually a pretty cool story. So 
I decided that I wanted to try to do this during during one of their either make a strip or Q and A panels. That's when they've got several thousand people in the auditorium. Mike is drawing a penny arcade strip, and they're both taking questions with microphones from people in the audience. Yes. And you line up, and you step up to the mic, and you ask your question, and make your comment, give him a gift, whatever. Um, Any Dick Wolves questions? There was and someone, <laughs> and there was a lot of groans and like shouting downs, and the guys like, no, 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 what I, I, I just want to see Mike. What I want to ask Mike, what a vagina wolf would look like? <laughs> and, and Jerry is like, Michael. You can't do it. Michael, no. Michael, uh, he, of course, started drawing a vagina wolf. He got like halfway into it and was like, no, I can't do this. And he raced it. <laughs> if so you want he was going along like, with it. Yeah, if you want to see what it looks like, go to YouTube and search for vagina wolf. It's the first. It's the number one hit. <laughs> Is there any dick wolf shirts? In no, the- I heard that there was the Team Rape organized a flash mob that had about 15 attendees. Yeah. So apparently I was not alone in thinking that if you wore a dick wolf shirt that you were pretty much a dick. Uh, Mike did not wear. I did not see. I saw him all three days, and he did not wear Dick Wolf's shirt. And I knew Jerry wouldn't. So right. So anyway, yeah, there's been like there's been rape that reminds me of that fundamentalist preacher. Yeah, that, uh, like goes Phelps. to funerals and says Phelps. God hates fags. And, yeah. yeah, what's his name? Fred Phelps. Fred Phelps. That's that's what the it's a. Is it the same people that started that? Is it the Fred Phelps Church? No, I think they're just—I think they're just jackass gamers that don't think before they do things. But idiots, trolls, trolls. trolls. So anyway, I decided I want to do this, but I'm thinking, you know, what am I going to say to Martin? Because I don't want this to be about blatant promotion. I want this to be—I want this to be a connection. So I knew that Jerry, um, his mom used to be a fundamentalist Christian, like, and I said, "Hey, Jerry, it's like I appreciate you know one of the which one is Jerry again." He's Jerry? the writer. Okay. The, artist, the bald guy. Yeah, the bald guy. The DM. The, the crazy. So yeah. I stepped up to the mic, and I was lucky to beat about the third one in line. So people hadn't gotten tired of everybody's questions yet. And and Mike hadn't got to the interesting part of drawing. So I said, uh, hey, uh, I said something to Mike, just throw off, like, hey, I, I love your art, and I love seeing it evolve throughout the years. And he's like, well, thank you. And I said, Jerry, I said, uh, I really connect with you because... I know in your news post strips, and you've touched about it in the comics sometime, that your mom used to have a lot of religious objections to your hobby. I, and and he's he laughed, and he's like, oh, yeah. And I said, in fact, I think the terms demons, demonization, evil was thrown around. He's like, and, and that wasn't a joke. I mean, she honestly believed that this was vectors for demons. And I'm like, I get that. I, I was like, I actually have had a similar story. And he's like... Well, you know, my mom's come around. Like, she's like totally supportive and she's like the penny arcade mom now. And I said, yeah, I have heard that. I said, unfortunately, my story doesn't have a very happy ending. And <laughs> no. he's like, oh, and I said, and unfortunately, my religion practices excommunication. And he goes, oh my God. Oh no. And like the whole hall was like, oh, you know, and I said, <laughs> I said, yeah, I said, it's been about three or four years since I've talked to my mother or my baby brother or any of the people that I grew up as kids playing games with and he's like oh my god he said i can't believe it i said and and he goes how he go and he goes we'll, we'll help you through this i said well you know i said i've done a lot of healing but every once in a while there's still an experience that makes me shake my head like i said last year at penny arcade east or pax expo east uh, i was sitting in talking in a group of gamers like you do and we were talking about it and the subject of my former religion came up some just randomly and one of the guys I was talking to turned around on his heel and walked away. 
And his friends explained that he's still a Jehovah's Witness. So I got shunned here at PAX. And Jerry goes, what? He goes, that happened here? And he goes, what an asshole. <laughs> so I said, I know. I said, he, and I said, you know, it's sometimes tough to deal with that experience, but I'm a gamer. So what did I do? I created a game about what that was like, what my life growing up and what it was like to be in that religion. And, and, uh, and I would like to give you a copy. He goes, of course I'll accept it. So I went up there, gave him a copy, and he like uh, shook shook my hand. He appreciated me. Uh, uh, he pr- he told me appreciated telling me a story. Might be telling me his, his story. Me telling me. Me telling him <laughs> my story. Jesus. Who Christ. were you telling this to? Again? I don't even remember anymore. <laughs> I can't figure <laughs> it out. So as I was walking back, like people stood Didn't up. This even the- happen. People stood up from the crowd and like gave me high fives, gave me hugs. This one guy in the front is like in a wheelchair and he's famous for campaigning for because he's got like cerebral palsy and he can't maneuver too well. He's mm-hmm. he's ca- famous for campaigning for uh, button remapping, the all game support all oh, button yeah. remapping. Play it with he, your face. Yeah, he grabbed me and said, "You always have a family here, man." And Awesome. I was like kind of emotional about the whole thing. I would have been shooken up by it. So towards the end of the towards the end of the deal, um, the, the strip, like thirty minutes later, this guy grab approaches me and he whispers to me, "It's like, hey, do you have a moment afterwards? I'd like to talk to you." And I'm like, "Okay." So I just got up and went out with him. Well, it turns out this guy's extra was a witness too, huh. and like you, he kind of got thrown out, still believing. And his head's all twisted up about, man, am I doing the right thing? I feel guilty. I feel wrong. I feel bad. I'm not accepted. So I talked to him and I I recommended him like reading Crisis of Conscience and I gave him my contact information. We talked for like 30 minutes or so. And another guy came up and talked to me after that, said that he was in the crowd and he was, uh, he never was baptized. but he's fallen away, but he's, you know, you, you hear about all this earthquake stuff, and sometimes he thinks that he's made the wrong call. It's like, I had all these great experiences, and it was just really good. So, regardless of whether Jerry plays the game, likes it or not, I had an awesome experience out of it. That's amazing, man. That's good. I mean, my head, as you, I don't know if the listeners realize, is pretty much out of it now, but uh took a lot of research and personal soul-searching and just researching history of the group and Jehovah's Witness history and also Christian history outside of the veil of their information filter before I was able to officially decline any of their fear-mongering. So I have no fears that I'm going to die at God's great war of Armageddon if I don't go back in time. <laughs> that's, uh, that's not at all even close to... I'm completely cured of that paranoia and that obsession. So getting in touch with other fellow gamers and hopefully they get they reach out to you again and you can share some of the things that helped you and I know I can share plenty of things that helped me overcome it too. Uh, that book Crisis of Conscience was a big factor, so that's a good place yeah. to start. But that was kind of just my that was just my launching off pad. There's uh, I think everybody has their own kind of personal journey because we're we're unique. Uh, Blue Yonder is unique. Um, unless the listeners have not listened before, they probably know this already, but in the fact that all three hosts, Jim, you, and myself, are ex-Jehovah's Witnesses and gamers and geeks, so we share quite a few cords that bind us. 
And uh, that, that was cool that you got to say that in front of everybody and get Indeed. such a warm reaction. Plus, oh, you got the, got the society game into some pretty big hands. Yeah, so if you wanted to see... That was a bald move. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad it worked. Um, If you want to see it, it's uh, cult.baldmove.com. We got the rules. We got the introduction posted up there. Um, I'll have the cards here in a bit. Uh, Probably by the time you listen to this, I'll have the cards posted there too. But, um, you know, one thing, we we play tests a lot this weekend. There's still some balance issues because we feel it's too easy. It's actually true to life. It's almost too easy to beat this fellowship, especially in the start of the game. So we are tweaking that, and uh, we'll have some. It's, it's. I don't think we'll have to change the cards, but we'll have to change the rules a little bit. But they're kind of minor tweaks. But I still think it's fun. I, you know, I played it hours this week, and mm-hmm. I still still think it's fun to play. So did we get any feedback from non XJWs? Uh, yeah, Kinds gave me some. You know, uh, that's the thing. Every person I played it with, like the. Personal arrogance guys I discussed it with, and Kinds who I played it with, it it developed into like a thirty minute discussion about, like, wow, is it really this fucked up? And so it, the game so does communicate the culture exactly, and that's, that's so what gratifying. Is that yes. like if if no one else besides ex witnesses play it with their friends and family to help them understand, I will think that's awesome. That would be amazing. That's what I can't. That was kind of our purpose when we got together all three of us and got the whiteboard out and started brainstorming the high concept of the game in the first place was to kind of communicate to an uneducated audience what it's like to exist in that kind of a secluded walled off cult like environment growing up it's pretty fucked up (laughs) and if you can communicate that while people are having fun and playing a fucking game well all the fucking better indeed so let's uh, we got a little heavy. Let's bring the cast back up. Uh, let's throw down about the 3ds. Dun, 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 dun. Are you sure that's bringing it back up? Because if we're gonna throw down, I'm ready to play dirty. All right, um, all right. So did you? Well, here's my opening question to you. But you have an opening. But I'm gonna steamroll on. Did you play the damn thing? Was it on the show floor? Yes, was it was. It? See, that's awesome. I, what was it like? <laughs> I it was like playing. I am so frustrated. I, I, before you go into it, I have a bad feeling about this, as they say in Star Wars, that you're going to completely rape it and rip it no. apart. No, right? no, 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 no. But I'm before, but before you say anything, I must confess that while it was driving me insane that I couldn't go to PAX this time, it was also driving me insane that I cannot through any of the media in my home experience a sample of what it's like because it's impossible to convey the 3D through my monitor or my phone or, or, or the TV that I own. I cannot try the game, but at PAX you could. So you know, tear, tear it apart. You're probably- I'm not going to tear it apart. The hardware is awesome, and it's worth <laughs> purchasing just because it's so much faster. The analog stick is nice. Um I mean, it's it's, it's, a, it's a tasty piece. It feels good. It's like better than the PSP one. Yeah, because I did not like the PSP. I've owned a PSP before and played the God of War games. Played a number of games on PSP. Didn't like the feel of that thing. Right. Just didn't. I just, it felt flimsy to me. Right. Is this like the? Is this the same flimsy kind of disky feel? Or it is. It's a disc, but it just feels. Uh, it feels a little bit more real. 
if that makes a, if that makes any sense more real the the, the resistance <laughs> it's what my thumb feel experiences as friction <laughs> um, it just felt like a little bit like I, I I thought the PSPs just didn't have enough resistance. It's just like yeah. they just like slid around like little twinky dink things. Whereas yeah, this was designed by the board, resistance was futile. This one has a little bit of a cup to it, so your thumb really fits in there, and you can kind of like it's got a lot more shades of resistance as you move it around a circle. So it doesn't your your description of that doesn't feel as because I always thought that it felt tacked on like a last minute afterthought. On the PSP, but this feels a little more integrated, a little more like it's meant to be, you know, roughhoused a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, so the hardware is awesome. The only problem is the 3D, it works. It's just not that impressive. Why not? You've got, okay. Was, would Avatar be a hit? If instead of going to a, a IMAX screen or a big screen and seeing a 3D, they handed you a Game Boy DS and had you watch it on that? Well, no, but I mean, nothing would have would because you can't more... get you can't get depth of field from a little three inch window. I mean, Real. it's three dimensional. You can see that it's popping in like a little storybook thing, but there's yeah. just not enough screen real estate to really sell that illusion and. What you guys said about this is going to, you know, all, you know, change the different types of games you can play. That might be true, but from what I saw, like I played the uh, Kid Icarus, yeah. um, it just didn't seem like it, there was. It's it almost like two point five D. Two like 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 when I played three D rigs like on Jim's rig and a PAX uh, last year where they actually had like, you know, driving games and shooter games, like there was like sure. you stared into the monitor. Like shit right. was hundreds of yards away. And you could tell that. Here it's just like everything just seemed like Are you calling it chintzy, Aaron? I'm not saying it's chintzy. I'm thinking it, it's it's as it, good as it can be on a damn three inch L C D screen. Is it not impressive to not be wearing glasses and see this? That, if that, and the fact that that works as advertised is pretty cool. I'm telling you, though, that that window is narrow as hell. Like, I don't know that you could play this in a moving car. If you get, like, huh. two and a half to five degrees offside or up and down, the 3D effect, com- it, and it falls off a cliff. It's just <laughs> like everything's sharp 3D, boom, blur fest. I mean, it uh-huh. just works or it doesn't. So, well, like, this, like, what, what you were making this statement about, like, well, people are just going to be walking by. I'm like, holy shit, look at that 3D. No fucking way. Unless their chin is on your shoulder, they'll be saying, what is that blurry fucking mess you're playing? Oh, uh, I see. So, it looks, so it totally distorts if you're not getting the 3D effect out of it. Yeah, and that's, that's the unfortunate thing because. So, it's like watching 3D without the glasses on where it's like a split yes. image and it's all blurry and yeah. colors are fucking wrong. Like my boy and my nephew, when they play the DS, they take turns holding it and playing it, and then one guy kind of like has his head on his shoulder. Sure. Um, and you think of like the iconic uh, one of the packs uh, images is of a boyfriend and girlfriend laying on a beanbag chair playing a DS together. Yeah. yeah. That shit is not going to happen on a 3DS with a 3D turned on. Huh. The person with their head on their shoulder is going to be throwing up. And puking. <laughs> <laughs> and having migraines. I have mentioned this before. I think it was on one of the casts where it was just me and Jim in a cup. But <laughs> we, uh, I talked a little bit about my favorite platform for video gaming during the 2000 decade. Mm-hmm. And that was the DS. 
Yeah, hands down. Um, I've played so many amazing games on DS, and it had nothing to do with you know the fact that it didn't have 3D. I think that even if I had 3D off with the leap in technology, I would still get a 3DS because it looks like it's going to host some amazing graphic potential. Well, yeah, the technology is so much beefier than the than the DS. So it's like I would cr- certainly, if you're a Nintendo guy, handheld guy, mm-hmm. get the damn game. But yeah. I'm reserving judgment. Plus, there are some cool things with its uh, 3D front-facing cameras you can do. Like it comes with cards, alter like something called alternate reality. Did you test that at all? No. You, no. Where you put the card down and then things come out of the card and it tracks it uh-huh. in real time. Well, That's kind that. of a cool feature. So, yeah, there might be some, because I'm not going to slag it, and I'm trying yeah. to be fair here, because, again, the hardware is hot. What if you um, hold it really close to your face? Do you think that would be? It was it was one of those things where it was bolted to the damn thing, so oh. it's like I couldn't really experiment, um, and I didn't think to, um, so I did not get a chance to do that. I was just kind of holding it. It's it, it kind of set to where you could, kind of like at a department store. You can hold sure. it fairly comfortable, but you're not moving it, really. You can't adjust how close or far away it is. Yeah. Yeah, but you could lean closer. I could have got I my suppose. face right up in it, yeah. But I didn't. It wasn't like to. behind plate glass. No, 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 no. Okay. So cool. I'm just saying that I, I got to see more on the 3D before I'm sold. Now, obviously, I I panned the Wii motion controller before it was released, <laughs> and I still think yeah. I'm actually more right than wrong about that because after the initial hype died down, mm-hmm. um, it did suck in the casual gamer, but there hasn't been like a killer game like for a hardcore gamer for it. Well, uh, I think that's that's true, and that's why I play the Wii least of all. And exactly. The last, the last year, like that. yeah, but the last year they did less of a focus on its motion because its motion is kind of you know the least effective of all the consoles now that everybody's caught up. But um, they they've started to go a little bit more with hold the Wii Mote to the side, simple kind of two D gaming like Donkey Kong and New Super Mario Brothers right. and. I've bought all of those games, and I've played them, and I've loved them, but I don't feel like I bought the Wii for those games. I can play my emulator and get a 2D solid platforming experience from an old-school console. I kind of bought the Wii for something new, and I think that's going to change a little bit because they have their Wii Motion Plus add-on that's going to come with standard with Sky's uh, the new Zelda Skyward Sword, and that's supposed to be very precise one-to-one sword movement and supposed to be a, a hardcore game that uses their latest motion technology, and that's going to be cool, and I'm going to dust the Wii off for it. But at the same time, you know, it's kind of not really uh, not really impressing people from the motion standpoint. It seems like Kinect is the, is the new big, you know, developing thing. And also, In casual uh, space. I, the, way casual I see space. It, the way I see it is Xbox is going to dominate the casual space the way the Wii used to. And if Sony move is probably going to dominate the, to what extent that it that it dominates at all, it's going to dominate the hardcore, you know. I'm not so sure segment. about that, Aaron, because a hardcore gamer really is probably not playing Killzone Three with the move. Well, They're maybe, probably but probably playing Killzone Three right now. With well, then the, Sony uh, should be shitting their pants because no one's going to spend a hundred dollars per person to play a casual games. And that's where Microsoft was brilliant because the Kinect is you spend a hundred bucks or whatever, and you can have as many people as the Kinect can support playing. Playing. Yeah, it's a it's a better idea in the fact that you know you don't even have to 
have a controller in your hand, whereas with the Move, you've got the Move controller, you've got the little add-on controller with the joystick, you have some games that require you to hold two Move controllers, or like less functionality if you're only holding one Move controller, and it's got the camera too, so it's got a camera that tracks the ball on the Move, and then... You know the joystick that moves the character. Yeah, it's, it's insane. Just, it's it's not a family friendly. Hey, let's invite my eighty year old grandparents right. over to the living room kind of setup at all. And, and, and the price kills them too. It does because you have to have a charger for these things. Yeah, I, I have almost bought Move twice within the last six months. Both times, even this last time, I had the poor guy. <laughs> I went to Target and I had him pull out. Everything that I would need, uh, which included two move controllers, a charger, the joystick controller, uh, a game that came with the camera, and then Killzone 3. And it was like going to be like 300 some odd dollars. I'm like, you know, fuck it. I'm going to get another week's groceries. I'm not. I can't do it. I can't do it. Not right now. It's just it's such a steep point of entry. And, it's a hard. It's it's hard. Yep. And I, I would have only had a setup that supported two players at that point. Yep. yep. So, it's wow. insanity. Yeah. So I, I'm interested to see. Like I said, and by all means, I'm not ready to rip it. But a lot of things you guys are talking about after I've seen it played, I don't think that's going to happen. The like, you know, are you talking the, about what are you talking about now? The move or with the, uh, the 3ds 3D gaming, the 3ds and and <sighs> 3D gaming in general. Like, are you I, considering the fact that? The developers have barely touched it yet. I mean, one of the things that I kind of had your point, and and you've already admitted you kind of fell into this with the Wii controller. I did it first, too. I wasn't that impressed, and then it became this huge cash cow, and it is to this day. Yeah, but, but that doesn't mean it's good. Doesn't mean, still, it's, doesn't mean it's good. I'll still doesn't say, other than golf games, the, the, the Wii is, offers really nothing new on the table. One thing that I thought about the Nintendo DS, which is now my favorite console of the 2000s, that was totally lame when I saw it and thought it was stupid, should not be on a gaming device, it belonged on a, on a fucking palm, was the touchscreen. I'm like, this is a business, de- this is looking like a business device. It has a flip-out thing, and it has the bottom screen, you have a stylus. A Why stylus? is there a stylus? And... Uh, Turns out that the developers actually took that into a lot of creative directions with the ways to interact. Like, for example, I know Jim hates this game, but with Nintendogs, you could actually touch the animals. Yeah. And you could uh, maneuver like Frisbees and, and and it tracked your motion. Well, and Patamon. What's that game? That, that, that's the, the rhythm-based game. Where you huh. would tap, and that's actually yes. really fun and a different way to play. But see, that's 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 a, that's an input device. You yeah. can do new things on an input device. This is a new way to output. And my verdict after playing all of this stuff is the only thing that I really got out of anything on 3D is driving simulators. <laughs> hmm. um, everything else just was a distraction more than anything. And again, I keep saying that I, I have only seen one game, and I peered over the shoulder. Other people playing others. What was the There's game you played? Kid Icarus. Oh, that's all you got to see. Yeah, 
Um, they have they, other games. There? They did, but I didn't. I don't. I couldn't tell because I said I was just like looking over people's shoulders and I could barely see. I had to like stand on my tippy toes of a short girl and kind of <laughs> look at things lined up. I just don't think the device is big enough to have a really immersive 3D experience. Maybe I'm wrong. I could be wrong, and they'll they'll have things like pop out or do all kinds of crazy stuff. But uh, and you you mentioned that one compelling thing, but from where I'm sitting. It's going to be hard to make a three-inch LCD screen really pop. Yeah, I can see that. That's one of my concerns. And I also thought, now this might just have been the art on the game, but I also thought it was like a little bit, I don't want to sound like Roger fucking Ebert, but the game looked a little washed out. Hmm. Well, that's, like, because, like, uh, that's because, according to Roger Ebert, games are not art. So, <laughs> Well, and 3D sucks, and it just <laughs> dims, and there's no value to it whatsoever. Gratcha, gratcha, gratcha. Get off my lawn. So, <laughs> get off my 2D lawn. <laughs> uh, uh, so that's my. I, I, I'm, I'm curious to see where it's going. The hardware's hot. Um, even if you just leave the 3D off, I think the games are fun. So yeah, there's that. I'm excited about the joystick. I, I'm excited about the 3D front-facing camera that takes 3D pictures. I'm excited about the interactive cards that come with it. That uh, the augmented reality that they're calling it where you can actually see characters walking across your kitchen table through uh, the 3D camera and have them pop out at you and interact with the cards on the table. That's cool. I can't wait to see what they do with that. And I really think that when you combine the stylus input and the fact that it has a gyroscope inside and can detect you know, your motion when you're actually holding it and... All these and the front-facing camera. I think there's a developer out there with enough vision to combine those features and those elements with the 3D capability and create a new experience. I know it's not an input and it's an output. It's a way to receive information, but I think you can combine that receiving with the unique inputs on the device to create a, a new, a brand new gaming experience. I, I really think that's going to be possible. I don't know what it could be yet, but I have I have faith in the in the little thing. You know what I'm looking forward to most? What? Being at PAX Prime this year with the 3DSs being out and being mm-hmm. in 3D PictoChat and people sending me 3D pictures of their cock. Yes. I, when that happens, I'm just going to tear up. Basically. I hope that three inches really does pop. So. At that point. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, disgusting. Uh, you ready to call this a cast? Yeah, it's feeling like a cast. It's about going to do it. Just about going to do it. Well, if they want to reach out and tell us uh, how bad we suck or how awesome we are, where would they do these things at, Peter? They can go to a website, a, a well-known website to about ten people, and it's called www.baldmove.com. Excellent. And if they want to keep up with us on Twitter? That would be where you come in with that information. <laughs> <laughs> Twitter.com slash bald move. Uh, you can get to us on Facebook by searching for bald move on Facebook or uh, clicking on the Facebook icon on our main page. Uh, our forums are available at forums.baldmove.com. Dot com. Um, oh, shit. We have a Stoffa's Corner, but I don't think we're going to be able to get to it because we're out of time. We're going to have to double up on him again. We're out of time. Plus, here's the thing. Here's the thing. He how wants did, me to do. He wants me to do. He wants me to read it in my best Peter Street impersonation. Yes, I read that email. I got and that. 
it's just kind of, I think we should just have you read it. <laughs> because like, I can't, I can't. Oh, no, 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 we can't say this. We can't say this. We'll, we'll have you, and I'm doing air quotations over the uh-huh. powers of the internet. We'll have you read it, Aaron, and it just might really sound like me. Right. That's how we can do it. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. You want to do it? I guess we got time. I mean, you're yeah. right. Yes. Yeah, let's uh let's give him his uh let's give the Don his due. Uh, give the Don his due? Alright. Scroll down here. I, I don't read his emails in advance because I like to just kind of do like it's funnier, I think, if I'm like shocked. I do <laughs> scroll down to the PS now so I see what I'm getting into. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, I'll try it. Uh Dear Blue Yonder. I what? am reading. I am reading Mustafa's email. Um, I can't. I can't do you. This is crazy. This is crazy. I think that's why he's sadistic. He's like the Joker. He said this. I mean, I can't. Like, I. I <laughs> here, here, here. Uh, try it again, and um, <clears throat> it may sound a little bit better. Okay. On the count of three, do your best, Peter Street, just for Mustafa. All One, right. Two. Three, Dear Blue Yonder, one trend that has gotten huge due to social networking sites and hasn't died down is people taking a photo of themselves. I personally find these types of photos really goofy. We see them standing in their bathroom, holding their cell phones, and usually staring right back at themselves. Sometimes they even make goofy faces, such as... The infamous duck face. Is it really that hard to get someone else to take a photo? Look straight at the camera and smile? Staffa, P.S. I'll go easy this time. Jim or Aaron, that's me, can read this in your best Peter Street impression. (laughs) Oh, God, that almost killed me. Wow. I I think I kind of slipped into the Joker at the end, though. A little bit. I mean, I, was I, good, I, 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 I kind of suddenly was doing Mark Hamill as the Joker, but oh, mm, that, mm, that took a lot out of me. That was good. I was actually kind of, the hairs are standing on the back of my neck right now. It's like suddenly you're hearing your own voice coming yeah. out of someone else's mouth. We should masturbate together later. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I'm duck... I just want to know, like, everybody is on to the MySpace fat girl angle shot and the duck face. Mm-hmm. Everyone's on to it. Why the oh, fuck yeah. do people still do it? You know, I didn't even know what the duck face was before this email came through my uh, huge office that I work in. Right. Uh, came across the desk. Everybody had to stop working because every time I get, you know, news from the dawn, I make people stop working. The red light flashes. Red light flashes, the bat signal goes up. The dawn symbol goes up. The dawn symbol. And <laughs> we we read the we read it together. It's kinda like a, a family get together. Everybody huddles up close and we, we turn the lights down low, light some candles. It's like when Walter it. Cronkite used to come in on an update. Everybody yes. sat down, hushed, shut up, and turned up the volume on the TV. The world stands still. You go. Yep. So when this happened and it brought everything to a screeching halt. I was like, you know, what in the hell is a duck face? And then I, as I was reading this email, I was apparently making the duck face. <laughs> um, so the old uh, producer, PowerPlay, told me that I was like 
having this face. And I guess it's where you protrude your lips. They kind of suck in your cheekbones or suck in your suck in your cheeks. So right, it looks like you have good cheekbones. Yeah, and you talk like this when you're trying to talk, making that face. It's what is the deal with it? I, I really didn't know it was a phenomenon until the Don told me one. Well, I guess that like Paris Hilton and Mary Ash, Mary Kate Ashley, whatever the hell the Full House girls are, Ols- the Olsen twins did it and kind of popularized it. Um, <laughs> but. They were kind of attractive people, and now all the people are doing it. And they're doing it to make their face look skinny. And it's interesting because I used to be on this site called OKCupid. It's a dating site. Mm-hmm. And one of the cool things they did is they ran a blog called OK Stats or something where they actually did statistical analysis of their users to kind of like find surprising things. Sure, and man. one of the things they did is they like, okay, everybody hates duck face. Everybody hates the mice face angle shot. Everybody knows that's just a fat girl trying to look skinny. <laughs> girls with those pictures still yeah. get three to four times more responses from men than what averages would expect because it's still effective why is that effective i'm looking at pictures right now you're of these duck faces and it looks it looks like there's something wrong they look retarded i don't know man i don't know i don't know it's like i've gotten suckered in by myspace angle shot from time to time yeah, Man. but have you got suckered in by the duck face? No, fuck that. If I, Come in on. fact, when I see people making like looking off to the side or trying to deliberately look cute or sexy, I think what an idiot. Yeah, I mean, but I'm I, looking at somebody right now that looks like uh, that they've been shot in the back of the head, and it's like <laughs> a lifeless corpse, and their face is slacking off. It just—it's. I think maybe they have actually been uh, shot oh. in the back of the head. Are, are you on something awful again? Yeah, sorry. Are you on FARC? I don't get it. I'm with you, Stop. And the other thing is you see a lot on OkCupid is bathroom shots. Yes. Um, And especially dudes showing their abs in bathroom shots. Um, Looking at one right now of a a 13-year-old girl feeling like a pedophile. Like... I've done that one time when I was putting on Hellboy makeup, and I just shaved like my beard into the Hellboy beard and the lamb chops and goatee, and I was applying the makeup. But you know why I did that? Yeah, I was in a fucking bathroom putting on makeup. So it yeah. seemed to like, and I didn't show, I didn't post these pictures anywhere. You're not you know, trying I, to show off for the ladies. No, God, no. I just I want to take a picture for my own self to see the evolution. So yeah. I don't know. I mean, I have a I don't. People don't take my photo a lot because I'm a single guy. Um, I'm a single dad. Um, so usually I'm the one taking pictures and I'm holding the camera. So I understand how people get desperate for shots of themselves to post. But don't do the bathroom shot. No. I'm totally with the Don on this one, too. Find a tripod. Lean, lean your camera up against something and have it do a timer. Find a friend. Or this. find a friend. If you can't have one person that will take your picture, that, that doesn't speak well of you on social networking sites. I mean, is it some like sense of pride that hey, I can contort my wrist around? I mean, I don't know. Yeah. All right, who cares? It's stupid. I'm, I'm with Don. Yep, I'm with this. He's been right. He's been right more often than he's not. He, the Don is wise. So yes. we've already done our outro. I think we're just ready to the shit can this then. All right. Well, uh, with that said, I'm Jim Jones, <laughs> and you are. <laughs> and I am Peter Street. And I'm Aaron Hubbard. Ciao.